The DeFalco Files is an entertainment-based program. Some memories of certain events might be fuzzy. All opinions are that of the host. Content might not be appropriate for children and some adults. Listener discretion is advised. And remember, the truth is here. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting presents The DeFalco Files with FSW owner Joe DeFalco and your host, Matt Michaels. Hey everybody, Matt Michaels here on The DeFalco Files with the owner and creator of FSW, the Future Stars Wrestling here in Las Vegas, Mr. Joe DeFalco. And Joe brought in a special guest today, a man who is near and dear to the hearts of many of the fans out here in Las Vegas. And uh, it's been a while since uh, we've gotten a chance to talk with them. And uh, welcome back, Douglas James. Hey, thank you for having me. It's uh, It has been a bit of time, and yeah, thank you. I, I really appreciate it, for sure. So, Joe, um, you know, what was, what was your thoughts in terms of, you know, I know – when um you know doug went away that you just kind of uh went into a slow depression about it and uh you know you lost one of your favorite guys man yeah you know um the pandemic hit and actually doug was supposed to wrestle the last show that we ended up doing it was uh the mecca and doug was in mexico the night before where uh, I guess some people took some liberties on Doug, and he got banged up. I believe he had a concussion. He didn't make the show, and then we closed down for a while, and then, you know, a lot of things happened, and then Doug was no longer part of the wrestling business for, for a long, long time, and, you know, we kept in touch here and there. You know, he's always been a guy that, I liked a lot. I respected a lot. He came in. He did some great things. And, you know, we're going to give him the opportunity to talk a little bit about, you know, what he's been doing and, and what's going on. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, just seeing your what your life has been on Facebook and, and social media, just kind of um, seeing a reflective happiness that um, I think – you know, a lot of times when we think we're happy, we're not actually happy. And then you get to that point and now you can look at someone and you can go, oh, wow, they're actually now you can see they're they're way happier. What has it been like for you, man, this this process of just kind of rediscovering yourself and, and kind of uh, going through, you know, this journey that you've been on for you know, a couple of years now? Um. There's a lot to it and there's a lot of elements to it. And it's like a roller coaster, you know, it's not all linear. It's not all like everything is all sunshine and rainbows. Um, but you have to be willing to change. I should say that first, right? So with anything, with, if anybody wants to make a change, whether it's their diet, uh, the way they feel with mental health, addiction or anything, um, your family can't change you. The law can't change you, your girlfriend, your boyfriend. It has to come from you, you know? And a long time ago, because there's a lot of things out there that nobody knows. And a long time ago, 
I decided to make a change. This is like years in the making, right? And um, yeah, I got to a point um, where I have an alcohol problem or did or whatever, I'm in recovery and I am totally cool with it. I accept it. It's just a part of me and I don't drink. I don't gotta worry about it. You know, I don't like who I am when I do it. Um, it affects who I am. It affects the people around me. And I don't, yeah, I have no, like I don't miss it or anything, but it's um, it's healthy actually, right? To be able to talk about it in recovery, the, sometimes the worst things that have happened to me are, are the best things, right? And I love professional wrestling, love it, you know? And, um, you know, I was a fan since I was seven. I was always this athlete, tiny kid, but I was an athlete and uh, always wanted to be a wrestler, but didn't think it was possible, right? And it's, it's my, myself getting into wrestling is similar to changing your mental health or addiction, right? We all can talk about it. You might know somebody or it could be yourself uh, that drinks too much. And they, then they wake up the next day hungover and they're like, I'm never drinking again, right? You hear that all the time. But there is no action to it. It's just words. It's like, I want to be a wrestler, but there's no working out, signing up to a school, all that stuff, right? So I wanted to be a wrestler and not just talk about it. And I, I made that effort. I, I put it into action. So I use that same mentality for my own self and my personal life, right? Who, the kind of person I want to be kind of people I want around me. And, um, you know, it comes in waves. Like when I, I don't know where to begin because there's so much to it really. Um, but yeah, I've, I learned a lot of valuable lessons with losing wrestling. You know, I learned what's really important to me. Um, family is super important to me. My, I moved from New Jersey a little, almost 11 years ago. And two years ago, my parents moved out here. So my whole family is now here. Right. So, it's enjoying moments with them. It's um, driving distance and not seeing them three times a year or whatever, you know. Um, just having people in my life that appreciate me, love me, love me for who I am, maybe not what I can do for them or what status I might be, right? They they just love me for me. And, and loving myself, because if I can't love myself, I can't love anybody else, right? So... Uh, I found happiness in that. I found happiness in the little things. And I ha I'm very grateful for my time in wrestling. I learned a lot of lessons uh, about, hard oh, sorry, my screen. about hard work. And, um, you know, it's like I had my own business in a way, right? So right. it's all these valuable lessons I learned about putting things into action, getting results, patience, you know, um, enjoying the journey, not the destination. Yeah. And... and I have a lot of priceless, memorable memories I'll have for the rest of my life, you know. Um, so in that sense, I am happy. Uh, it took a while from watching wrestling because I couldn't put myself to do it. Right. But lately, you know, I, I watch it. I, I just, there are, like, things I don't do, but I generally watch it as a fan and I enjoy it And because um, I'll, I'll always love it, you know. It's, I think it's the best form of art there is right there's comedy action you know all of it in one and uh, but yeah it's been it's been it's been difficult you know uh, but yeah i don't know where to begin on like what happened or anything but yeah it's it's been a journey and right now you know sober i'm healthy generally speaking my body uh, i have people in my life that i love that i love that i care about you know and i i don't have many regrets you know i really don't uh, but yeah, there are things that, you know, people don't know.
Joe, what what are your uh, your feelings after kind of hearing that and uh, kind of you know uh, getting a little bit of, of that story of what uh, Doug was kind of going through and and this process of um, you know uh, basically admitting to himself that he did have a problem and um, was able to you know finally take control of that and and start moving forward with with the process of dealing with being an alcoholic well the thing is i i know a little bit more than the average person because i continually talk to doug over the years and little known fact was uh it might have been a year or so ago uh we were putting together another natural born killers and I thought that it was the, the right time to have Doug come back. And, you know, the, I guess word leaked out, I, I, you know, however it was, but it seemed like some people were still very uh, upset about it. And, you know, just like with Doug, it's the same thing in, in, in my world where you live and you learn. I, I'm a lot older. I'm 58 years old. You know, when my mom passed away a couple years ago, it really kind of changed a lot of the perspectives of what I felt, what I thought, moving forward processes and things like that. And I knew the situation with Doug. And, you know, you see people in life and Joe's always been the guy, as everybody says, if somebody fucks up, no matter how big or how small, I'm the guy who's always looking to give somebody another chance because, you know, you can't look at one incident and, and dictate the person's life moving forward. You know, Doug had an issue and he took care of it before this issue ever came out, which came out way later. And it's like right now we're looking at a time frame of probably six years from when issues happened, when do you move on? When do you look at the person and say, hey, you know what? Maybe that was the isolated incident and everything else moving forward is the true self. And as the years have progressed and we, I've seen Doug, I've talked to Doug, there has been no issues. He's tried to better himself. He went out of his way. And it's like, when does that opportunity for that second chance happen. And I truly believe if it's going to happen, I'm going to be the guy to do it. We have a lot of people that are supportive of Doug and we, we always enjoyed working with him. Super great guy. And, and I feel that the time, the, the time is right. You know, I don't know. We haven't talked in a long time about, doing something again or, or, or what he's looking to do. And he could be well past that. But if there's ever that opportunity, I want to be the guy to give it to him because he was always a pleasure to be with, be around, you know, and was well liked amongst the boys in the back. And, you know, unfortunate things happen in life and not everybody's perfect and you know sometimes it's opportunities to prove yourself 
And you know what? If over the last three years there's two incidents, three incidents, four incidents, like we've seen with other people, okay, I got it. You know, maybe that's not the person you want to, to work with. But I'm willing to put my reputation on the line because I feel that he went out of his way to try to make things right. And this world of we're supposed to forgive and, you know, there's so much that's gone on and, you know, since the pandemic that it's like, you know, where's the humanity in everybody? You know, you, you don't want to give somebody a second opportunity to, to, to try to prove themselves, especially when over the last three years we haven't heard anything negative in that form. But we've seen with other people that they've gotten second, third, fourth chances, and they've kind of blown them every time they've gotten them. So, you know, I'm a guy who likes to pay attention, see what's going on. And, you know, Doug is definitely a guy that I've always wanted to go to bat for. Doug, how hard was it for you to, um, when, when things started to unravel, everything unravels online. How hard was it to deal with the fact that it's almost impossible to defend yourself from a bunch of keyboard warriors who want to take up a cause and even if the intentions are in good intentions and in the right you know idea of the concept of you know um helping someone or protecting someone or bringing light of something the judgment is usually harsher than anything <clears throat> you know, we could even imagine um, for something that it's a personal issue. It's a private thing, things that are behind closed doors that are only getting presented in one light. And now you have to take up and, and you know, start, you know, seeing this online and then it carries over into what you're doing professionally was, I mean, what was that like just kind of encountering this whole just you know movement all of a sudden out of nowhere uh yeah no it, it definitely was a lot i'm trying all right so i just want to say though i will never want to diminish or or um, talk badly about her experience or invalidate her right. this person's experience ever or the movement in general because there is a benefit to it right there's a positive right. thing like anything else there's a positive and negative and things get convoluted but her story her experience is her experience, but I, I have a story too, right? right? And I don't invalidate anything, but at the same time, I do question, sorry, my screen, I do question certain things, right? So there are definitely things that people don't know, and I'm going to go back a little bit if that's okay. Mm -hmm. uh, so years prior, I want to say this was like 2017. So this is 2020, three years ago this happened. I want to say in 2017. When I was wrestling and I was in a situation where um, I was starting out, things were going well, wrestling for FSW, wrestling for a lot of places in San Diego, LA, all over, right? And then I got offered a contract by PCW. And with PCW Ultra, I got this contract. And at the time it seemed good. They gave me a lot of opportunities of um, 
I'll wrestle all over. They'll fly me out. I can wrestle these names. They'll pay me more. And I'm getting older. I was 30, and I wanted it to happen now, right? Yeah. Not enjoying the journey. It was the destination. So I, right. I did this, but in return, I was not allowed to wrestle locally at all. And it only had to be at other places. Now, I wasn't getting flown out. I had to pay for gas. I had to, and like, I was home. It's not poor me. This is just the situation. I chose to do this. And, um, but then I would see all my friends wrestling and I couldn't and eventually get to me and I needed the reps and I was very confused and I felt a little bit taken advantage of, but again, I made the decision, but I drank, I started drinking and hiding my drinking from everybody. I didn't go to bars. I didn't get 86 from a bar. I sat at home and I drank to like numb my emotions and it got way out of control. There were moments I would black out, whatever, fight with her. I couldn't even tell you what these fights were about. But I remember I would black out, be hung over, I'd wake up, she would, I would think everything's normal, and she would say that something happened, and I would apologize profusely, right? It got to a point where she was like, I'm out. She's like, I'm gone, you figure yourself out. So it was a Thursday. Just like I got canceled on a Thursday, this was a Thursday, like 2018. And I remember I was driving to a show in San Diego and I was not well. I never drank before I wrestled, anything like that, but I, I just wasn't healthy, you know? And uh, it affects my brain chemistry. I was just not well. And uh, I get to the show in San Diego, I shook everyone's hands. I got outside, I called my dad across the country and was like, I need, to, I need help, I need to go to rehab. And they had no idea I was drinking, nothing. Um, yeah, not well. Um, my dad, fortunately, my family is very supportive, was able to get me into a place on Monday. So I had from Thursday to Monday to figure myself out. Friday, oops, sorry. Friday, um, did nothing. Saturday, uh, she drove me to a show in LA and we went to FSW and I was saying bye to people because I didn't know how long I was going to be out or what was going to happen. And letting people know that like I had a problem and for some kind of accountability for myself, you know, and maybe support because I was hiding it. It wasn't like people came up to me and were like, hey, Doug, like quit drinking, you know. Right. Really Monday morning, I went to re I went to rehab. And, um, you know, we were like not together, kind of together. I'm in rehab. I remember she visited me one week. The second week, she bought me a present. She didn't come, but she bought me a present. Third week, she came in for one-on-one -on -one therapy, right? I remember, I mean, like the relationship's pretty much over, right? But I'm trying to change my life, whatever. We had this therapy. I remember in there, she was crying and she said, because I heard her, but she was crying and saying, I don't want you to ruin wrestling for yourself. I never want, you're too good, never ruin wrestling for yourself. All right. I mean, like the next week, it was like, you can't move home. It's over. Got it. I had five days left. I moved into a sober living room. I had a roommate in a, in a room. And that's where when I went to rehab. I only worked on myself mentally. I physically, I lost like 20 pounds. Um, I was focused. I was back to like who I was, but a little bit of a better version. I ended up two months later dislocating my hip. Um, I was in this sober living home when it happened and uh, never relapsed. I was sober. And that's where my career started taking off. You know, I started doing better. I, I looked better. I felt better. Um, yeah, my career just started taking off. I got signed to MLW, you know, all this stuff. 
And, you know, now I'm like, I, got, I went to Australia. Like, there's just so many, like, good stuff that's happening in my life. Now, getting up to the pandemic, uh, getting up to the pandemic, there was a time where uh, I didn't really know that, like, a pandemic was coming, maybe because I was just so tunnel vision on wrestling or whatever. But I was supposed to go to Japan for a month uh, for Noah to represent MLW. I believe it was, like, June or July of 2020. And all I knew was it was done. All I had to do was sign, and they had to sign. That was it. And then it was like, oh, the offices in Japan are closed for you. Like, next week, we'll sign. I was like, oh, okay, whatever. It's in June, so whatever, you know, or July. And then it was like the next week, like, oh, they're closed again. But once they open, we'll, we'll get it solved or whatever. I'm like, okay. And then that's when, like, yeah, the pandemic happens, and I go to Mexico. I don't even think we can get back. Like, who's going to go to the show? There's, like, 4,000 people there. We're like, oh, all right. And then coming home trying to find toilet paper you know it's like yeah the world's coming to an end and slowly in there i started getting those emotions again i got years before of oh no i'll never wrestle again i'm losing these opportunities nothing to do and i wasn't doing the right things so i drank again and I all, we all have patterns or I have a pattern and I caught myself when I wasn't doing well and I was like, I'm going to take myself to some place to get help because if I do, um, there's, everything shut down anyway. So it's not like anybody here. So one day I'm on social media, one day I'm gone, you know, and I was in a program where I didn't have my phone, I didn't have internet access, uh, none of that. So I was there for, so for the first 30 days, couldn't talk to anybody unless it was through somebody else. Now, I had given my mom my email passwords and to kind of help message people here and there to let them know I'm okay, I'm doing well, or whatever. But I couldn't look at social media or anything. And then the next week, the next month was like the same thing, but I could talk more on the phone. And uh, I'm doing better, I'm motivated, same thing. I'm in the gym, just getting myself back together, you know? And I don't want to be sober. Nobody's telling me to do this stuff. So then I'm going, whatever. And then uh, I think it was a Thursday it came out. I don't know the date, but I know it was on a Thursday. So Thursday came. I didn't know. Friday came. I didn't know. Saturday, no idea. Sunday. So what happened was on Sunday, it was Father's Day. I called my dad. Wished him a happy Father's Day. Nothing said. Called my brother. Wished him a happy Father's Day. And he was kind of short, but he's kind of short with me all the time. So it was like, all right. And then later in the day, I was allowed to make another phone call. So I called my mom because I was getting ready to get out of there. And it was like about like furniture or something. And that's when she was like, I have to tell you. you know. And then she told me what happened. And basically what happened was, yeah, it came out on Thursday, Friday. She saw my email that I got released from MLW. No one asked me. No one talked to me. And um, it was just a whirlwind. I didn't. I was there for a couple more days, so I couldn't see what people were saying. I had no idea. I couldn't say anything for myself. Right. What am I gonna say? You know. Um, it just got. I just kept thinking, like, okay, so I went to rehab and it was over uh, with that relationship years prior to this, right? But it was like months after that where I was supposed to wrestle. I was wrestling on the crash, and. Um, I guess somebody canceled at the last minute and she got on the show and she asked me for a ride to Mexico. And then like a couple of weeks later, we drove to Vegas by ourselves. 
to wrestle for ring, ring warriors. And it was because we wanted to save money on gas. There were no issues. We were like talking about candy on the way. And then on the way home, it was the day we were supposed to get married. So it was kind of sad, but it was like, you know, some crying, some tears, like closure. Like I, I apologized profusely to this person. I accepted responsibility and I made change. I never denied it or, or, uh, or whatever. I mean, I, I, it's like nothing about going into details. Some of it I don't remember. I just like, okay, yeah, I know I was a mess. You know? I, I get it. It's like, if I'm such a monster and can't not allow to have a, my career, why are you asking me for rides five hours away or to another country? And it just, and it's like, it kind of came across in my opinion of like, I get it's not cool and maybe and people didn't know. I, I understand. I really do. And I take responsibility. That's why I kind of like, right, I'm not going to fight this. You know? It's just, I mean, if you want people to change, you got to allow them to change, right? And everybody that's criticizing me is not perfect. We're not. No one is, you know? No one is. And it just didn't make sense to me. I mean, I saw her all the time after this. We were not best friends or cool, but we were cordial. No issues. No, no issues. She knows I've apologized, you know, many times. You know, there was no like I blamed her for anything or anything. It just she knows I went to rehab. You know, it's just like all this stuff was like, okay, I mean, why why now? What's and then there's just so much like misinformation that I saw maybe a couple of months ago that like SoCal Uncensored said I left wrestling for sexual like sexual abuse, you know? It's like, how can you say that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Or just all this stuff, it just gets, or like, I think what hurt, what hurt me the most, I mean, it was shocking, you know, then I get out, I'm like, I don't think, I don't know how bad this is going to be, and then it's like, oh, you know, and that was waves because at first no one was wrestling. Right. So it's like, all right, well, I'm not wrestling, you're not wrestling, you know, and then when it's like, you see the shows start happening, and you're like, oh, shit, you know, it's hard, you know, and then, yeah, I tried to come back at that show for the Natural Born Killers, and I was getting ready for that, and then like in the last minute, like can't, you know. It's like, all right, you know. And that's when you have to like move on, you know. I can't. I gotta. It's a happiness. Sometimes is a choice, you know. Right. Like I, I choose to work towards it. I mean, not every day is great. Not every day is perfect. But yeah, I mean, it, it hurt a lot. I mean, it's like it's, it's weird, right? Because I take responsibility, and I, you know, I know I messed up, but I took action, and. I think what hurts the most, though, is that nearly everybody I met or talked to or helped or gave rides to or anything never asked me what happened. It just unfollow, don't talk. Don't unfollow, don't talk. And it's like, like I got, like, I was, it's just, it, to me, it, I can under, and then, like, then I see other people where I appreciate uh, reaching out to me privately, you know? But it's like not one person went to bed. Now it's not their responsibility, no harm, no foul, but it's like, no one asked me what happened, you know? And um, yeah, that just kind of was the part that hurt the most. And I had to accept like, all right, it just is what it is. You know, nobody, it's just, that's the truth. That's it. There's no context to it. And I got to move on, you know? And like, I apologize to her privately so many times. I didn't know how I, I had to make a public one. Uh, right. And then it came across, I think, like it just happened, you know? So right. then people would be like, oh, I'm so glad to see you, like, happy now. It's like, this was three years ago, you know? It's like, 
okay, you know, thanks. There you are. And yeah, I just, that was, the, it was just like, it always just seemed like it just happened. And it's like, right. I had a totally different life. I dated other people. This, uh, it just was like, what? You know, and, uh, yeah. but you know what? I, I just, I never said anything before. I never say anything again about about her or anything. You know, I I do apologize. I wish her well, but I mean, that's just that's not who I am. I mean, if we're only dictated and uh, for like the worst parts and the worst moments of our life, then all of us are screwed. You know? We're right. making mistakes, you know, and it's it's not about making the mistake. It's learning from it and doing something. You know? and, yeah. It's hard. It was hard, you know. I, I like can't put it into words how much I love wrestling. You know? Yeah, it's it's it was difficult to lose. I, it was everything to me. And, uh, but you know, I had to move on. I enjoy watching it now and not taking bumps. But yeah, it's just I felt like in that moment a couple of years ago, I was kind of damned if I do, damned if I don't. Sure. Um, I didn't want to hide or run away, or but it's like, what am I gonna say? It just, and I wasn't trying to, then people would be like, well, you just want to come back. You know, I'm like, I'm just being nice to come back. And it's like, can't win. So. Well, uh, Joe, I mean, as, as someone who is a promoter who was watching this whole, you know, this whole movement um, unfold and you know, there, there's no secret, and we talked about it. Uh, FSW had some instances of uh, guys who are no longer with FSW got cleared out um, for the better. But there was a lot of um, just, you know, in some cases, legal evidence of things that were just not right. Um, those people were proven and, and, and removed. But you also had the lumpen situation of what Doug's talking about, and that is you made a mistake. It was with someone who also was in the business. And now something from the past is getting looked at as if it was current and there's no separation between people, just one you know, giant kind of chasm of this is altogether a bad thing. And again, can't reiterate it enough. The movement itself was a great thing and is a very important thing if you are in, you know, any kind of situation with uh, anyone who is, uh, you know, abusive or, or uh, sexually abusive or anything that is part of why this movement happened that is very important to speak up and speak out but at the same time the question is for someone like doug who loved the business who was on a high um who, who was you know trying to do his best to better himself as well all of this now kind of takes that and just says that's gone like what was it for you to see all these different things going on and to see people like doug losing these opportunities um over something that 
you know, wasn't the same extent as some of those other guys who did some really horrific, just bad, legal bad things, you know? Well, see, the thing is, when it when everything just started trickling out, you know, it was very shocking. There were some big-name people on there, people that many people loved and respected. And the thing is, once the name started flooding in, nobody differentiated anybody. So no matter what the situation was, everybody was lumped in as if they all did the same exact things. Yeah. And nobody was looking at each individual case. And that's what most importantly it is. It's everybody's different. The things that happened were different, but because everybody was jumping on a certain cause, once they got onto the cause, it didn't seem to matter what it was. So Doug had a singular issue with one person while others had a whole bunch of other things going on that, you know, kind of really hurt the business. And unfortunately, everybody got lumped in as everything was the same. And that's what ended up, you know, causing some issues. And there were some cases where, hey, it was proven that maybe that person didn't do what, what they said. Right. And, you know, in a lot of cases they did. But sometimes we found out later on some people were wrongly accused. And supposedly it's supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. And there's different ranges. What, when somebody commits a crime, they go to jail based on what they did. Not everybody gets lumped in in the same thing, and they all get they 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 all have to go away for a certain amount of time. Yeah. So, unfortunately, when everything came out, nobody looked and said, "Oh, this happened three years ago." Doug went to rehab. He's tried to better himself. He seems to be on the right path. You know, we're never going to forgive fully. We're, we're definitely not going to forget, but we're going to keep our eye to make sure something like this doesn't happen again. Right. Because when somebody goes, goes to jail and uh, Mike Tyson or issues with John Jones, but guess what? They, they've been given that opportunity to go back to what their job was. Right. And if they fucked up again, you know, Mike Tyson fucked up again, he wouldn't be acting in Hollywood and he probably wouldn't be getting the opportunities. And, you know, again, that's where it goes into giving people second chances, keeping your eyes on them and, and making sure that incidents like that don't happen again. You know, the locker room, that's what it should be for, to make sure that these things don't continually happen. You know, a lot of people complained about things that did happen and they did nothing about it and they want to put the blame on, on everybody else. And it's like, take in each, each case individually, 
and then make a decision based on that. And unfortunately, when it gets to here, that's where it ends. Nobody sees, okay, now we're in 2023. What happened, as Doug said, was 2017 or 18. What has his track record been for the last five or six years? Yeah. Well, as I, as, as I know or believe or seem to see, it seems to be extremely impeccable without any incidents, any issues, no brushes. So it's like, okay, let's, let's move past that. You know, he's taken responsibility. He's apologized. You know, it seems like it's genuine. Where do we go from there? And sometimes, you know, everybody wants to do, do right and make sure that people are punished. But once the punishment's over, why are people still being punished? Um, you know, Doug, you, what I love is that you have that love for wrestling. You've had it since you were a kid and you got an opportunity to do it. When that opportunity went away and because you are in a position where you're a recovering alcoholic, how hard was it for you to deal with the fact that the thing that you loved is now being taken away from you. And a lot of times we associate that kind of stuff with our own happiness. Did you have to rediscover life without pro wrestling and still be able to find that happiness with that not being an option for you? Yeah, um, it was incredibly difficult, you know. I mean, yeah, like, like I said, and you said, I, I, I love wrestling. It just, I had to come to like acceptance, right? Um, they say in recovery, and I think it's just true in life, is that acceptance is the key to all my problems, right? If I didn't accept that I lost it, if I didn't accept that it was over, I would lose my mind, you know? I had to accept this isn't a possibility, so I have to move on. And, um, and that's why for me, to be healthy for a bit, I didn't watch it. The only wrestling I saw was because I didn't want to unfollow people that I liked and supported. And I just would see clips. I, you know, didn't want to see WWE or anything. I just wanted to live my life. So, um, and I had to be grateful, grateful for a lot of the things. Like I had a lot of really good opportunities. So when I was able to sit back, because in the moment, right? In the moment of wrestling, there were times where I was unhappy, even though it looked like I was doing cool stuff, you know, because yeah. I was maybe focused on the destination. And I don't think I'm alone with that, but it was part of my experience. And so getting out of it and being able to look back and being like, oh, I got all these amazing opportunities, you know, and priceless moments, you know, you know, like. Like Ricky the Dragon, the, Ricky Dra the Dragon Steamboat was like my referee for a championship match, you know, just like things like that or certain opportunities I've gotten over the years. And so I had to just be grateful for it. And then because happiness comes within, it's not about anything external, right? So I know who I am. I know what kind of person I am. I know how I treat others, whether it's strangers or the people I'm close to. And I had to be okay with it, you know? Yeah. There was a long part where it was almost like reliving it again. 
because sure. um, I was very hard on myself when it initially happened because I was so guilty. I was ashamed. I was embarrassed. My alcohol was, I was embarrassed. You know? It was embarrassing because it all addiction or anything comes in all shapes and sizes. There's no like, because you're this, this happens. It's the, uh, there's no discrimination with addiction, whether it's race, creed, sexual identity, right? How much money you make, how much no, how no money you make, it doesn't matter. And um, it was embarrassing. So like, but I got through it. I worked through it. I, I did what I could to move on and move forward, you know? And then when it comes out again, it's like, oh, like I'm living it again, you know? And um, so I had to process that too. You know, I went to therapy, went to therapy for a while, you know? and. Uh, I remember like wanting it to be over. I was like, I just want to get over it now, you know, like right now. Oh, I, I couldn't. It, it was. I had to do it my own way, and yeah, like, like loved it is like an understatement. You know, it, it like saved. And a lot of people say, right? That's why a lot of people get into, it, especially on the indies. It like saves our lives. Like it saved my life as a kid. You know, it was my outlet. It was my what I needed from certain situations as a, as a kid to get out and. Um, and yeah, because it's like all year round, right? There's no off season like football, right? So, um, but for me, it was like finding things. It was finding happiness in the little things, and it slowly progressed. And I just got busy, you know. I worked. I I, I went to the gym. I just stayed focused on myself. Uh, I ended up meeting somebody. I got into, and that was a whole situation where it was a blessing in disguise, almost like a silver lining. You know, because at one point you're like, I wish none of this happened. I wish I never wrestled, you know, because I made a lot of sacrifices. I, I didn't take jobs because I had to drive to Mexico or Vegas on a Friday, you know, or whatever. I had to make, you know, because I chose to do it, but it's like, okay. So, you know, Silver Lion and I went to Disney here and there, like a lot, and just enjoyed life, really enjoyed life, not worrying about the next booking or what this person's doing or. Yeah. Or anything, or I gotta post this, you know, and I just enjoy life, and and eventually, slowly, and I got a cat, I got a cat, so that's he's over there being a menace, but just like little things like that, like you know, I just yeah. have another responsibility, and um, you know, yeah, I just just try to move forward, be happy. I, I get to spend time with my family, which is something I didn't really get to do for ten years. They barely saw me wrestle. They used to go to all my like games, wrestling matches or baseball, basketball, football. They were there at every one and they saw me a few times. So it's nice to be able to spend time with them. I have a nephew. And um, and then like, you know, about a year or so ago, I started watching it again and enjoying it and yeah, just little things. And, so, so I could see Joe's mind going here when he sees, you know, hears these things about about a year ago, I started enjoying it again, watching it. And Joe's already expressed he, he, he would love to have you back. So what is it in your process, Joe, in terms of where you saw Doug's career going for FSW and then where you could potentially see him back? And then, Doug, I'll, I'll let you answer to what you know, Joe says, um, in terms of, you know, what you feel, um, in terms of, you know, what his, his, uh, his views were 
on where you could have gone and um, you know what the, the future could potentially hold if you had that opportunity open back up for you. Well, the bottom line is what Doug wants to do. He, he's been out of the game for a while. You know, obviously, uh, he didn't gain 80 pounds. And, uh, you know, you know he, he's got to go on a, a six-month, uh, you know, diet and workout to get back to a shape. He, so I, I think he'd be okay in that situation. But, you know, it, it comes down to desire and, you know, what both parties are, are looking to do, you know. I, I've always been a big fan of Doug's, and, and as I said, uh, you know, I truly believe he's without a doubt deserving of another opportunity. And right. if he wants that opportunity, you know, I definitely want to be the one to give it to him. You know, we everybody talks. You know, we we go in the office and we talk, and you know. Through three years, there's a million topics you're talking about. And Douglas James is always, you know, one of those topics. And I'm pretty sure most people I've talked to, their response has always been, oh, I love Doug. Oh, I'd love to see Doug come back. And even when he makes posts, you could see the FSW fans. They... They support him. You know, he makes a post. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't have in my mind the thought of Doug being on the podcast. <laughs> you know, one one of our fans, Thomas Brunette, who's a big, big fan, he's been coming to our shows since we were at the Boulder fucking Highway School. Right. And there was a post, and uh, I'm not even sure how it came about, but Doug basically said, you know, to Thomas, well, go tell Joe to have me on his podcast. <laughs> Which, you know, if Doug wanted to be on the podcast, I don't know why he never hit me up. And then I was saw the post, and it was like three or four days later. Like, I never saw the post. And I was just scrolling, and I saw the post, and I'm like, hey, we filmed Tuesday or Wednesday. Let me know. <laughs> and then I sent them a private message like, bro, you want to do it? And he, you know, he asked, hey, you know, what topics? I'm like, we'll talk about anything you want to talk about. You know, you you want to let the world know, you know, more of what happened or the situation that occurred. I'm 100% behind it. You know, I've always tried to be as upfront and honest uh, whenever I have a conversation, sometimes good, sometimes bad. You know, last week I didn't have a lot of great things to say about what happened at the anniversary show with the Silverton. Now, you know, if somebody gives them a link, they're going to think Joe's motherfucking the Silverton. Well, the truth is I'm only asking for what was in the contract. So if it comes across as me sounding bitter, uh, I am because I'm told two different things. And then when I get home the next day, I read stuff in the contract and it was like, wow, you're trying to charge me overtime for eight hours and 20 minutes, yet the contract states that for the price I'm paying the guy, it's 10 hours. So if it's a 10-hour shift, you're the one who wrote the fucking contract. 
Like, how about you know what you wrote in the contract? Right. So, you know, if somebody wants to come on who I'm very, very fond of, and even if the situation is something I don't agree with or I didn't believe or I didn't do this, I still want to give somebody the, the freedom of speech and the opportunity to present their, their side of the story because we've gone through stuff ourselves where, you know, a lot of times people do not know the situation. Right. And of course, we're the ones to blame. We knew everything, you know, we let it happen. And everybody wants a headline, everybody wants a story. And they, you know, nobody's asking me the question, but it's miraculous how many people know the story of something when they're never even around to see it. All they did was overhear somebody, somebody told this guy, and I, and we're all guilty of it, you know. Hey, we heard that this happened over there. You know, every AEW story I've heard, I've never been there, but I've heard it. And in a lot of cases, it's very reliable sources. Right. You know, like Doug's boy, Brian Pillman. You know, he claimed he was injured, but when I asked another friend if he got hurt at that show, he goes, well, I didn't see it, but, <laughs> you know, and then he no-showed or, or canceled our event. Right. So, you know, you have to take everything with a grain of salt. And, you know, when the issue came with Doug, you know, I didn't not talk to him first you know and the same thing before we because we never even announced him for natural born killers right but it was like hey bro you know i'm i'm pretty sure you've seen what's going on and you know you know what do you think you know and i jokingly said hey we could have a newcomer named james douglas <laughs> be the show. Yeah. well but, i mean you know, but 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 that's I mean that's a that's a great question. At, at that point, Doug, if the opportunity is still there, and you're in that situation, is it better? You know, did you think it was better for you to just kind of remove yourself from it, and and not necessarily because of what people would say or think, but for you just mentally and physically to not put yourself through that ringer, and just kind of you know, just work on yourself and be healthier that way. And is that something that you think about in terms of if you would ever want to come back? Is that something that sticks with you? Is just that that question of can I mentally, you know, am I mentally game for this kind of challenge? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. I definitely uh, thought about this numerous times, right? So I think mentally I'm very strong. Actually, you know, I do think I can handle it. It's just a matter of do I want to, I guess. And I've also had to have that closure, right? I've had to not think it's an op not think it's a possibility, right, for my own mental health. Um, but it is in the back of my head, yeah. Like, say I came back, are they got what are they gonna say? What are they gonna do? Or, but what did he, what that even affect me? You know, at this right. point, I've been through so much talk about people telling me who I am. And I'm like, I, you don't know me. You never met me. 
And if you met me, you knew I was nice to you. You just, I don't know, you know? And um, you don't have to like me. And you, and 100% because I don't, you don't have to think what ha- what I did or what happened years ago was okay. Because it's right. not. And that's that's the trick of it, right? It's not. But I learned from it. I moved on. I, I, I mean, I've better, I've done it because I wanted to, you know? Right. Or make me or anything, you know? So, but it's hard to get back in that mindset of like, like I was, I think one of the things that got me to some success was my willingness to do anything. I would, I would drive to Mexico, San Francisco and back in the same day, Phoenix and back. I would, you know, go to Vegas, come home at 3 a.m., take a 5 a.m. flight, not sleep, wrestle, come home. I did it. I did anything I could to get out there because I had that possibility of whatever that final destination was, you know, making a comfortable living from it being respected for my work and my art, you know, the way I like to present in professional wrestling. I think in all honesty, that part is probably gone, you know? Um, But would I want to do it to like, you know, I would would love to like kind of end it on my own terms, you know? I never really got that opportunity. I never really, you know, it's, yeah, yeah, I love it. I would love to do it. It's just a matter of, you know how I would do it, how often I would do it, if it would be once, if it would, you know. Or, yeah. Well, you, you you know, Action Braxton needs a uh, victory in the No Limits division. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, I could definitely hold up a good squash match, you know, but it's just, you know, I, I think about. I think one, I just want to say. That, I mean, one of the things I miss about it the most. I mean, my body's been through it, but I didn't wrestle for that long. It's just like years prior of sports or doing dumb shit as a kid you know um but but i what i missed i loved the physicality of wrestling Uh, i loved that part of it Uh, but i what i missed the most was the creativity of it and that's something i had to dive into in other things right so i would always think about wrestling always i would be on the shower i'd grab my phone i'd write on my notepad always and that's like one of the things i missed when i hurt my hip was not being able to be creative and um, there's a lot of things I miss about it, you know. So I'm creative in other aspects of my life now. But, no, well, maybe. Maybe whoops some ass, you know. Well, Joe, that brings up a great question because it's been, you know, three years' time. There are – in wrestling, three years is a longevity that is the difference between the guys who were – you know, wrestling in 2000, who are still there, who are still veterans, but you have three years worth of kids who need, you know, a a guy like Doug in terms of not only to learn from him in the ring, but you're looking about someone who's gone through a lot of life experience. And there's not a lot of locker room role models per se because of the fact of the nature of the business doug is kind of a guy who stands out if he was to take that opportunity that that would be something that would be so beneficial for that younger generation now you know just learning and going forward is that uh, they, they don't want to learn they know everything anyway so <laughs> oh joe but I guess, you know, honestly, uh, sorry to 
speak, but it, that, that's something I think that I wish I was able to do or could do, right? Would be able to, you know, teach people whether it's through the things that I did that got me some success or some results, and then the, definitely the mistakes I made, you know? Um, well, you know, find find a successful person in life who hadn't had to overcome, who hadn't had obstacles, who haven't done things that they regret later on. You know, if, if everybody was punished for every bad act, then there would be nobody in any field because everybody has made their, their, their fair share of mistakes. And some have far exceeded the number that they should have to be continued to be allowed to do what they want to do. And they are. And they are given that opportunity. And, you know, all I say is, okay, let's move past this point. It, it, it wasn't like, hey, you got a slap on the wrist because, you know what, we're going to suspend you for three weeks. It's been over three years from an incident that happened three years before that. It's six years of keeping your nose clean, showing that the type of person you are is what we've seen over the last six years and not because of uh, some issues you had when you were much younger that you regret, you've apologized for, and you know if it's something you wanna do, you should be allowed to do it. And, you know, as I said, as, as I, I've grown a lot in, in, in a few years and I'm 58. Well, well, we'll be 58 next month. And it's like, you know, I myself am guilty of the fact that even though the one thing I regret is last year not having Doug on the show and letting the pressure of the vocal minority in reality questioning, because I've seen a lot of other situations where the punishment has been far less severe for somebody who has done far worse. And it sure seems like it's been, you know, brushed under the rug. And I've always been somebody who always tried to do what I felt was best. And maybe I let outside forces dictate. And it wasn't even anybody I knew. It wasn't like it's these trusted people like Remy Marcel and guys that I've talked to were like, hey, that's a bad idea. No, this, this comes from, you know, an online source who picked up on a story and made the decision that, hey, you know what, it's probably, you know, not the best time to do it. And it might have been more than a year ago because I know we didn't do natural born killers for a while. So yeah. it, it might have been closer to two years ago. Yeah, it was uh, July of 20, 2021. There you go. So that was when we did, uh, yeah, GCW ran that night. We had Lawler. Right. And uh, we had done a story with, with Doug and TJP where they had two matches. 
Uh, one was in Natural Born Killers that ended up being a, uh, a draw because it was a double knockout. Then we did the Mecca show, and then we did a time limit draw, and we were looking for the third match, uh, the trilogy. You know, how many trilogies ended uh, after two draws were the first two matches? Uh, right. What could have been? Um, yeah, I mean, it's like it's it's a tough situation. I love wrestling. I, I, I would come back. It's just I know it'll be a lot of, you know, people having negative opinions, but I think there will be negative opinions no matter what, right? But right. I hope the, 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 the best story. word, Doug, the best word to me is it's draining. Like getting yeah. getting the me dealing with it a different way than you did, obviously. But when there's so many voices and and it isn't just for that particular incident, like social media is the fucking worst. Okay. It's the way I have to do business. It's easier to do on Facebook than Twitter. And then you scroll through and it, 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 it is just horrific. You know what you read on there, but to do our business, it, it's kind of necessary. Twitter's a lot harder. You know, I don't even deal with Instagram and I let the kid and, and other people run with that. And on Facebook, it's, it's it's vicious. And, you know, nobody, you know, everybody wants peace and love and harmony and all this great stuff. Yet, but there's so much hatred on there for everyone. Yeah. And no matter what side you take, it doesn't matter. You're always going to, and I've learned that, you're always going to find somebody who has to write a negative opinion just to write a negative opinion. So you're never going to make anybody happy. So the only person you should make happy is yourself. And what would make me happy is for Doug to be on a show. And if Doug says what would make me happy is to wrestle again, I think we're at the point now where there there's no excuses and the time would be there to do it and it would just be figuring out how and when to do it because you know time may not heal all wounds but it should heal a lot of them and you know i think doug's paid a lot he had a promising career that got cut off and again no fault of anybody but himself but where's the redemption story? Everybody wants to see a great redemption story. That's that makes Hollywood Hollywood. How many pieces of shit are in there that get opportunities over and over again? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, you know, let's do it. You know, I, I, I'm game. I'm not having anybody stop me anymore. You know that. There's issues where it's like, no fucking way. And this definitely isn't one of those issues. And I think it's time to move forward and get dug back in the ring, baby. <laughs> um, I honestly didn't ex didn't um, expect that, you know, because I didn't get on here to tell my story three years later to try to come back, you know. It wasn't ever my intention because I was kind of the opposite of what I didn't want to do years ago was people 
think I'm like full of shit. So like yeah. to get back to wrestling, you know, I just you know. But whether you but whether you do or you don't again, yeah. it should be your decision. Your, your terms, yep. Yeah. Um, you know. For sure. And the fact of the matter is you've done everything positively you needed to do to make amends for the situation that occurred. And, you know, if the decision that you want to make is, hey, you know what, even if it's just just to get in the ring one more time. And, you know, you know how it is in wrestling. You say one more time, it could be a hundred more times. I know. It's like with uh, an addict and a drink. I'll just have one beer, you know, and then like six <laughs> and, weeks and later, like said, broke. And it's like I've said to you in the past, you know, it's like you have friends at FSW, you know. Take a trip to Vegas. Just come hang out. Go backstage one show, you know, see how the vibe feels. See how you feel, you know, see if it, you know. Go to one of the go to one of the classes, Doug. See what what the energy's like now because it's it's spectacularly different. I could put you in a battle royal with a whole bunch of guys that aren't ready to wrestle yet. Oh no, (laughs) I've been there. I've learned my lesson, you know. Persona not grata, but you know, I would I would really like that. I just I honestly didn't expect it. Um, I appreciate the offer. I appreciate you having. um, I'm having your support both of you you know just just allowing me to have the time to talk uh, it means it means more to me than i think you guys understand you know it's been three years of like just hundreds of people like not giving a fuck you know and rightfully so you know but i went from losing everything to realizing that i gained a lot from it, yeah you know? i thought i lost that all and then i really i gained myself through it and i would love to be there and uh I mean, yeah, I have the doubts. Like, can I perform like I did and all that? But I'll get through it like I always do. And yeah, I like to go there and say hi to people and see what's up. And go You know, we could get Looney Bin out of retirement for you. Maybe I'll come back as Looney Bin 2.0, you know? There you go. Everyone thinks I'm nuts, but yeah, I mean, I just, I, again, I just, I can't stress enough. I appreciate the time. And I want to also say that, um, you know, of course I, you know, I've made changes from before. I don't think it's okay behavior, and that is why I made changes. It's not who I am. I'm not, and like other people, they get crazy drunk or whatever, and then they're like, oh, I'm so sorry, that wasn't me, you know? It's, it's part of it, you know? Yeah. Just a different level to it, right? But also, if you have a problem, you want to say this, or whatever's listening, or you know somebody, you have a problem, it is okay to ask for help, you know? Yes. And, and it is like anything else, though. We can talk all day about stuff, right? I want to do this. Or I want to do that. I want to get sober. I want to be a wrestler. It all takes action, you know? Like, joining a wrestling school is, like, the bare minimum of being a wrestler. It's, like, the bare minimum, you know? Uh, being an alcoholic, the bare minimum is, like, not drinking. There's a lot of work that has to take place. And if you're willing, change is possible, 100%. It happens to everybody that changes because of willingness acceptance of what's going on you have a healthy and happy life so yeah that's i mean that, that those are some wonderful words to uh to wrap it up on um you know again um that's very important um you know reaching out taking action 
Um, also, if you are someone, and you, you kind of mentioned it, Doug, if you're someone who uh, knows of anyone who is having issues and stuff, um, talk to them and, and, and try to, you know, um, to help the best that you can. Um, because sometimes as an addict, we can't identify the, the problem. And, and sometimes it takes that person to, you know, to make us at least hear it for the first time. So that's important too. Definitely. But also too, there's a there's a double to that is that if you know somebody that's dealing with it, you can't take it personally that they're not changing because it's up to them. It's not anything you did wrong or about you, right? If it's like a mother and their son, the son's doing something. It's not like you're a bad mom, you know. It's up to them to make it. So I just want to make that clear too. Yeah. No, that's 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 perfect for me. Um, the only thing, Doug, I would warn you about is if you do come to FSW, you do know that you better have $30 in hand because they will charge you to get into the show. I bet. Yeah, I know. Well, I got it. You take, uh, you take Venmo? Yeah, we take it all now. Zelle, Cash oh, App. Perfect. perfect. Man, we, we, we've upgraded. You know, the pay for the wrestlers is still the same, but we've upgraded everything else. What's inflation? You know what I mean? What's inflation? Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll have to come because uh, one of the things I like to do, I'm like, my life is so even keel and just normal now. You know, I just go to Target's. So I'll go to Target while I'm in Vegas. To check yeah, we, out. we got we got a few where there's one like less than 10 minutes from the FSW arena. You know, you can, you you can bring. Uh, said, you know, I've seen you. Should have said that first, you know. No, oh, there you go. I, I didn't realize Target, you know. <laughs> And then, like I said, what we talked about before, we could go on the uh, the pizza journeys. We could film it. I'm down. I'm in. Yeah. And, and Doug, if you're feeling if you're feeling really adventurous, don't forget there is a target on the strip. Whoa, that's that's spicy. I don't know. That might be a little too much. That might be too much. Huh? <laughs> a little too much. <laughs> oh man, um, man, we appreciate you. Uh, you know taking this opportunity um I'm, I'm glad that uh you brought it to joe's attention um you know uh none of us spoke beforehand we didn't know what would be talked about so um it wasn't like you know there was any pandering by anyone um it, it simply was joe saying hey doug wants to come on the show all right let's do it <laughs> Yeah, and that was all honestly just a joke because it was um, with Thomas, who's an incredibly supportive fan. It was like maybe, a, I forgot the timeline, maybe a few days before that or a week or so, had shared something else on Facebook. And it was like um, my entrance from when I returned from my hip injury. And he was like, do you miss wrestling or something? And I was like, yeah, oh, yes, I do. You know, And then, but just whatever. And then. And then it was like, yeah, then he says, posted that about the TJ match. Like, what are your thoughts on this? So I'm just like, well, I, I want to keep doing this. So like, if you want, you know, I'll just come on, tell Joe. Like, just joking. Like, no, I'll just tell Joe, you know? And then I didn't think about it, you know? I just. So tell us about the TJ match so Thomas can, like, be happy. Uh, yeah. Um, okay, yeah, that was an amazing opportunity, number one, right? I was very fortunate for that match. I learned a lot from TJ as well. Um, hey, be before you go on, there was FSW people that were a little upset that you got that's the match. exactly what I was going to say. So that's part of it, right, is that 
But I was very loyal to FSW because you guys were loyal to me. And like I had mentioned, I had that contract that I couldn't go places. Like I was always at FSW and I made the drive. I didn't care if I was in Mexico the night before. I came to Vegas, you know? And um, it was just, I was there two, sometimes three times a month almost, you know? Yeah. Uh, two times a month. And I was at the shows just like everybody else was. I just didn't live there, you know? And I, I did my best to perform. I thought I was cool with people. I didn't ask for this opportunity. I got it, you know, so I'm going to make the most of it. And I actually got hurt to get it, which people don't know either, was I had dislocated my hip in November of whatever, got back in January pretty quickly. And then when I wrestled Eli in the semifinals, I did a like destroyer DDT from the second rope. And when we landed, I tore my groin because oh. I got up to go hit him with a stop. And I thought I dislocated my hip again. So my leg swelled up. Joe was not very happy with the finals match, but I couldn't move my leg. And I was not going to miss that opportunity to wrestle DJ. So yeah, that's that, was, that was the limitless tournament he was talking about. Yeah. Right? The limitless tournament. Cause I wrestled in LA and then it was two matches in, uh, yeah, that guy went. That guy went belly up faster than you. <laughs> well, you know, I just yeah, really seriously. But um, I I appreciated that opportunity with with TJ and that story. I really wanted to finish that. I was really that would have been an awesome Iron Man match type thing. And but before that, I wrestled so many good people at FSW. Where there was people that um, were just like I wrestled Chris Bay when he was just starting. And I wrestled him when he was getting to be the ultimate finesse that he is now. And you, you might have been the, you might have been the last guy to pin Hammerstone in FSW. It's because I'm so jacked, you know what I mean? Now, uh, Hammerstone's another one, man. It's like I see some of these people, and I'm so proud of them, and I'm so happy for them. Right. Um, and yeah, like I, Ham, I mean, I wrestled like Willie Mack a few times. I wrestled him there. There's just so many names: Sammy Guevara, right? All these people I was able to wrestle there, and. Uh, I've always appreciated Joe, my favorite promoter. I take four and a half, five hours to drive there, and then we'll talk for like an hour after the show. Yeah, good times, man. And, and still only making five bucks an appearance. So Hey, what hey, I, I true story. I had to give Hammerstone a raise yeah. because Doug wanted a raise. <laughs> and I couldn't, and Hammerstone, I <laughs> couldn't pay him less than anybody because he had been there forever For sure. and i agreed to give doug more money and then because i've never as i've said i've never talked money with hammerstone so i then gave hammerstone a few more bucks because he had been doing it from the boulder highway days so he'd been there forever and i liked doug so i wasn't going to refuse giving him because i i already knew i was getting a great deal on him but running the shows at the school and trying to use 12 or 15 really good talents that you have to pay instead right. of just using all my students and have a mediocre show. You know, at that point, the 1% was blowing up and we had Hammerstone and we had Graves and we had Bay and Damian Drake and Remy and Cody. And we had, we had a lot of talent, but I'll tell you what, we got more talent now. That's how great the roster is. Yes. I see that. It's, it's awesome to see you guys, grow like that all these kids that uh, uh yeah i just watch it and i'm like oh okay all right you know and 
I you just know, the battle of the Puerto Ricans, Doug, Douglas James and Jay Vidal, you know? Danny <laughs> I, wrestled, I, I, wrestled, I wrestled Jay Vidal before in the beginning. I don't know if you remember. Oh, that's right. I believe you wrestled him yes. at the it, Nerd when we did the show on Fremont. Yep. Somebody you were supposed to wrestle, I forgot, couldn't make it. And he was doing the really bad Jaden Ridden gimmick or something. Something like that. And I thought he, he had come from Gangrel's not that long earlier. And I'm like, I think this kid can have a good match with Douglas James. And that was the match that put Jay Vidal on the radar for us. Yeah, yeah that was a good – like, that was something I really enjoyed, right? So you came to me, trusted in me, trusting in Jay. And we were able to have a good match. And I had a bunch of those opportunities towards the end of my run. And I really enjoyed that stuff. Um yeah. Yeah, you worked Phoenix and Bay at the Mecca in the main event. I wrestled Phoenix and Bay. And I've that was awesome. You know, that's on YouTube still. Like that's the thing is I think one thing that I mean I understand, but it hurt me, not from FSW, but other places, you know, whether they took my videos down or they don't share any of my work yeah. anymore. It sucks, you know. It's almost like it was like um you know, the the bang or like the just you know, the Thanos. The, the snap, you know, the deletion, you know, yeah. yeah, so it was hard, but I would love. I just, if you, if you believe in chances or second chances, and I'm not even asking for myself or anybody. Like, if you want people to grow and be better and learn from their mistakes, like you have to allow them to. And you can't. If you want them to be better, you can't hold them to what they were as their worst, right? It's like a double-edged kind of catch twenty-two. And so I appreciate you guys and. Oh, I'd love to go there, hang out, and do some grappling. Douglas James versus Brett the Threat, Joe. Oh, boy. What could have been? <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. And, uh, again, thank you, Doug, for uh, taking your time and joining us today. And everyone listening, thank you for uh, your support. And we'll see you guys next time.